1: Nine, six, five, four, three, two, one. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo Bound. Streaming around the world live at the Out-of-Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are
2: you? The Zone. Uh, where's a good place to watch the NFL Draft? The Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Yes. Newly renovated Dancing Rabbit Golf Clubhouse. Enjoy a Tito's and soda with a lemon on the back patio, back porch of Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can hit DancingRabbitGolf.com right now. Go ahead and book your stay and play. That's a good place, though, to uh, hang out this weekend. Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. They have a full bar and serve food. Comfortable leather chairs, 30-plus TVs, not been like 15 feet away, poker and blackjack tables, and Philip M's. Super cool restaurant. The new chef there's doing some amazing things. Uh I mean, he's really, really good. And we've been there I don't know how many times, twenty plus times in the last since last football season. And uh appetizers are delicious, steak and many, many other things. They've got a sea bass that's sneaky good. Um Philip M's, golf, Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook, fifty minutes from here. That's That's a layup
3: you're gonna have to get over to dancing rabbit and get some practice in i know i just thought about that we hadn't really talked about that yet but yeah but it is true you're gonna need to uh you're gonna need to loosen up warm up the old swing well you're right speaking of golf ben nelson golf and
2: outdoors caller line 601-707-3750 uh easy go golf cars easy go golf cars american made Right there in Madison at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors. All right, Blake. So I'm playing golf in um, in a month. Yeah, for the first time in um, either 16 or 17 years. Woo! I played uh, a round with Rush Agent in February, which was not smart. We were trying to k- kind of like get me back in, and I love go- I love watching the majors, and I love watching the Ryder Cup, and you know, I- and and I'll even catch you know, something on a Sunday afternoon in the off season, which is right now and, and watch 45 minutes to an hour. And I love y'all know how much I, I reference the golf channel and Chambly and all those dudes. They just do a, a, Hey, we, we got Gallagher jr. On there from here or Sissy's from here, you know, the drill. Yeah. Um, and they have some other guys that are really, really good. And I've been able to tour the golf channel, uh, studios, which was a, a cool deal for this Mississippi kid. Now, I'm playing golf in a month. Yes. Okay.
3: At a pretty like probably cool but difficult place. Yeah, I I'll be in the Dominican Republic. Yeah.
2: And um so my son's best friend's dad uh, has come up with this idea. Yeah. And so I'm going to go. But we're playing a scr- thank goodness it's going to be the four of us playing a scramble. It's friendly. Yeah, so
3: I, I I'm under little to no pressure. This may be But p- I'd like to hit one good Golf shot, and and uh, let's be honest, we all want that good golf shot. As much as it's fun to crush the the ball off the tee, in reality, the best shots are the ones where either it's a par three or you're going into a four or a five with that wedge, that iron, yeah, and that thing just plops down next to the hole, kind of trickles right I've done at Done that it. so many times, yeah. In on, my sleep. On, oh, I thought you meant Mario Golf. On, yeah. On the Wii. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. So I don't play we. What do you know what course you're playing? I kinda wanna like look up some pictures. See see what course I don't
2: know. I'll find out. We'll
3: have to find out. My guess is having played at some exotic places, uh-huh. if you're in the Dominican Republic, it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be a little mountainous, so you're gonna be kinda up and down, right? Okay. And you're gonna have a lot of to look it up. tough rough, if I had to guess. Oh. Just jungly rough. Right. I hope they have a good bar. Yeah, um, you're probably going to need a lot of rum down there to keep you going. Or Tito's every 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 bar in the world has Tito's. That's, That's the one
2: thing I know. And you would think that that'd be a place that has Patron, number one selling. You would think tequila. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to. Here it is. All right, it is. Uh, we're playing. Uh, at.
3: Punta Blanca, on the Royalton property. Yeah, it came up immediately as, okay. soon as I started typing. Okay, let's let's look at some Punta Blanca golf course. Well, tell me which hole i I mean, let's let's just get to it on the front nine when I carve this thing up. I mean, you got some water. It's not. It's it's very flat. I'm I'm surprised it's as flat okay. as it is. I would have thought in the Dominican. Do you think you'd have Carrie more.
2: at Edwin Watts Golf Shop would give me like realistically four lessons between now and And going to the Dominican to play golf for the first time in 16 to 17 years.
3: You're going to need to live at their simulator if you want to be. Maybe you'll just give me a key. I think the key for you would be to don't. Okay, this is a great approach here. Great life lesson. Don't try to get great at the game of golf. Yeah. Try to get good with like one or two clubs. That's exactly right. Go go hit like your 7 iron yeah. and your pitching wedge and your putter and, and just it. do that and be like, "Hey, off the tee, I'm shot if it's outside 140. Right. Like I'm not hitting it, but you know, when I was playing golf, I could hit my 8 iron like 140, yeah, 145. If you could if you could master an 8 or a 7, you know, a pitching wedge and a putter and just be the green guy, you know, be in, anything inside 140 and you're you're the guy. Okay, I think that's the model
2: um Kenny Hall with Cypress Depot said he could hook me up with a golf simulator so i, I'm, that's I, what we I, need I just what i need I need four thirty minute sessions so that maybe I can hit a good shot let's turn let's just clear out one of these closets and turn it into a golf simulator. you know I haven't thought about that it would take a little bit of reworking, but
3: this course looks like it's right up your alley, though. Does I mean, it? Yeah, it looks open and and not, you know, there's a lot of sand and water, but there's not a lot, you know, a lot of fairway to miss. I mean, it, this this could be good for you. Okay. All right, so you feel like I'm probably going to be amazing. I'm going to have to get with Wilkes and get some footage. We're going to have to get some footage sent from the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do that. And, and one thing that I know is
2: just because of my build and everything, I'll look great. I'll <laughs> look. I will I mean I, whatever, you know, golf shorts, golf shirt. <laughs> I don't even know if I need golf shoes. Maybe I'll just wear some
3: Adidas sweet. or Puma yeah. or, or Some sweet kicks. Travis Matthews or yeah. Peter Millar type shoes. Um Here's what you need. We need to get you some John Daly golf pants. Real bright, peacocky. Ooh, I like that. Ostentatious. I like that. Yeah. I just pulled up the uh, golf course too. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, it looks. We're gonna be on sweet. the water through a lot of the day. Yeah, you might be in the water through a lot of the day.
2: I see, that's a good point.
3: <laughs> you might be carry. I need some chemistry. golf balls, but not not
2: Titleist Pro V ones. You're gonna have to. Oh, actually, I'm not gonna take them em. down now. I'll well, get everything say, when have I'm to down ship there. Ship them down there. Nah, <laughs> I'll just get whatever they have at the clubhouse. Uh, like I said, my deal is, um, you know. What all does the clubhouse offer? Man, this looks like a pretty
3: place. I assume you're gonna rent some clubs too. Yes. That's yeah. already been done. Yeah. There there's this person's taking care of it. How about guys golf trip though? You know, we talk about a lot of guys. There's CrossFit guy, yeah. there's, there's there's sleeveless shirt guy. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of dudes like Hunter that, right? guy, jersey guy, all that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Love it. Um, how about travel golf guy? Ooh. The guy who ship mails his clubs everywhere, doesn't yes. want to fly with them. Yes. Like, has a has almost like a gun case. Remember when Dave Bartu tried to get his clubs down here in a gun case? That's yeah. exactly and what I, I think Security about. comes up to me in the Golden Moon Casino. Yeah. They're like, hey, your
2: guy has a gun case up at the front lobby. I'm going, what in like, the hell is it. going on? Just
3: look what's inside. And it was his
2: golf clubs. Yeah.
3: That's Dave Bartu. Yeah. Um, but that's go- travel golf guy. The guy that has to have his clubs has to send all his stuff ahead of time. Travel, travel that's golf guy. All, well, and that guy is always in Travis Matthews.
2: Correct. Like, whether he's at a steakhouse, whether he's at obviously at the country club, whether he's going down to a a barbecue, a, a, a grilling deal. Yeah. Whether he's going to the grocery store, every polo is a different golf course he's played. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's always Bay Wind or Bay This or something Lost Bay or Key Bay or yeah, yeah, yeah. This is freaking awesome. What what time is it? Okay, we got Jason Campbell, former Auburn NFL QB from Taylorsville, Mississippi. He'll join us at nine thirty on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Had a better QB set up, Blake. Buck Ballou handing the ball to Herschel Walker or Jay Barker at Alabama with, you know, a good running back, but a ferocious defense. I'm trying to figure that out. That's
3: tough. <laughs> That's, man. Buck Ballou's was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Herschel Walker, one of the best of all time. And no one else had done it. I mean, before Stetson Bennett, it was Buck Blue and no one else. So like, yeah. that kind of, that's even better. Jay Barker was just one of many national champion winning quarterbacks at, at Alabama. That's true. Buck Belue also played baseball. Played pro baseball. Did he? In the minor leagues, yeah. Played for the Montreal Expos. No, he organization. did Organization. Yeah, he really. Did. True story. Three years in the Expos organization. That's so cool. Also played in the USFL. Was not an NFL
2: guy. I, I saw the USFL thing for Jacksonville. My Here's my thoughts. Jacksonville Bulls. Yeah. That's, Man. Here's my thoughts. How much airbrush was in Jacksonville, Florida in 1985?
3: Still is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Is there a better gig? If you're Stetson Bennett, because we're talking NFL draft, and 99% of people, just the average person, not us weird junkie degenerates, 99% of people would go, well, if you're a quarterback at a blue-blood school and you win a national title, you're going to get drafted high. Heck, you win two national titles back-to-back, you're probably the first overall pick, right? You're the best quarterback in the in the, in the the league. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett won back-to-back national titles at Georgia, and there's a chance that he's not even drafted with the way his offseason has gone between the run-in in Dallas with the law. Is he just um, so conceited? And- well... How can you be that overlooked and that much of an overachiever and then hit the highs he hit and not have it change you, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to be a back-to-back national champion, I think, even if you're like a LeBron, where you're idolized from the moment you walk on the, court, walk on the floor as a like fifth grader, right? Stetson Bennett was not that guy. Stetson Bennett was overlooked, overshadowed, never thought of his whole life, and right. then you go to this level. I mean, it's a little bit of an Icarus thing, fly too close to the sun, type, type environment but how crazy is it if you're a two-time national champion that you may not get drafted how crazier is it that in my opinion that'd be the best thing you could do screw going to the nfl where you're a nobody and screw going to the nfl where you'd have to be a practice qb if you're stetson bennett i'd rather be the king of georgia i could i could go but take, if you can make a team oh i don't know and I think the base is now you know around 800,000. It is. Um, He'd be a practice squad QB, third string QB for those random teams that keep three. Not very many do. Okay. I don't even know if he's a backup QB. Well, that I guess I was going best case
2: scenario yeah. if he was a backup. But
3: if you look at his attitude and the way he's behaved since the title game, why would you ever as an organization bring that into your locker room to be a backup? I'm with you. But my, my opinion is this: would you rather grind as the backup How, or even the third string QB for that eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollars a year and have to actually practice and and do all the things you have to do and be accountable, or would you rather as a two-time national champion and the only championship quarterback for your program outside of one guy in 1980 sixty million years ago, why wouldn't you want to just shack that you know uh Stetson Bennett the third? Uh, comma Farm Bureau of Insurance. agent. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I guess like, what you're <laughs> saying is, how quick can he get to Northwestern Mutual? Oh, because you're gonna. So as soon as you hang your your sign outside the door, you get 20 clients immediately because you're Stetson Bennett, you're a national championship quarterback. I'd say more like closer to 100, probably. I, I assume he's only going to take people over a million dollars, right? Like, yeah, he, he it's going to be manage 10, 20, 30, 40 clients of of little work that you actually do because they're going to come to you. So you're saying he's going after high net worth people? Because that why else? He's the national champion. He doesn't have to do anything. Right. He'll never buy a meal because someone's going to want to take him out every night. Right. Someone's going to want to hang out with the the, the championship quarterback. I
2: wonder if he's got a little Johnny Manziel in him and if he may not be able, even, even though it would be, if he would just halfway focus at, you know, Raymond James or Northwestern Mutual or wherever if he would halfway focus he he like you' were referencing could build a big book of business I wonder if he's gonna have some some Johnny Manziel in him and he he's not even going to be able to take that low-hanging fruit and like you said be a, be a multi-million dollar salary dude at some point not right off the bat uh, where you work about three and a half days a week and and you're with a brokerage firm what you're only dealing with Pretty much high net worth people. Yep. You know, you're moving and shaking at Augusta.
3: And people whose money Athens, makes money Atlanta Atlanta on. Atlanta Country own. Club. It's people who make money on their own. You don't you just take their money, put it somewhere, and it's gonna make its own money. Sure. You don't even do anything. His right. whole life will be golf courses and steak dinners. Why go grind when you go to the NFL
2: Because the NFL well, you mentioned the grind, yes, but it's also a Ritz Carlton experience.
3: It is. But he'd be at best at best, best a backup and more likely a third string or a practice squad guy okay well i don't know if he would do that
2: that the, the practice yeah. squad okay now you can start to build your your northwestern mutual raymond james book in the off season. you can if you do either one of those
3: either you're the number two or number three on the nfl level well and how many people who already have a business or are making a business in in the georgia area whether it's athens atlanta whatever because it's kind of like Louisiana or Arkansas, it's a one-state mentality. Sure. Doesn't matter. You know, Georgia Tech. Who? Uh, how many people would just pay Stetson Bennett to put his name or his face on something? Hey, Stetson, I've got a steakhouse I'm opening. Can we have you be the official yeah. sponsor? Here's here's 60k a year. You know, 50k a year, whatever. More than that. Here's profits, whatever. All that. It doesn't matter. It's he he doesn't have to work. You're why, right. Why do that if you're and it mentally if he doesn't screw it up? Yeah. Can you? Know. you? Can you do, short of like a major felony crime, can you do anything to mess up being a two-time winner at Georgia?
2: That's a good question. Maybe not.
3: I'd say no. Pro- probably. Short of serious prison time, I don't think yeah, you can screw it or, up. Or, you know, a cocaine habit. Yeah. yeah, sort of sort of a serious issue like that. I don't know how you... You're the two-time national champion winner.
2: I think he's about to go goose egg in the NFL draft. I think
3: he is, too. I think his, his attitude... Matched that of like a Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders coming out, and his unfortunately his skill does not match that.
2: Mm-hmm. What if he proves this wrong again and becomes a number two quarterback in the NFL? Be, uh, I, I still wouldn't do it if I was him. I, 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 I would do, do the, the because then you make more money than even at Raymond J. Yeah. Because if you go through a couple of contracts. I mean, my God, Gardner Minshew's making $3.5 million yeah. this year, and he could make $5 million. If you do That, it that is way, extraordinary money at 23 years Chase old. Chase
3: Daniel, $40 million, because played like Because you can games. do the
2: Raymond James thing at 28, 32. 52, 33
3: yeah, yeah. And, and once you
2: get into that, you've got 30 years of, yeah. like you said, being the guy.
3: Yeah. I, I, I wonder I if he has that. been invited to Augusta National. I bet he has. How could you not be? Because the biggest movers, mover and shakers are from Georgia, right? Yeah.
2: And I mean, it's like the Falcons and the Hawks win. Mm, um, yikes. What are they called? The Thrashers? That's right. Um, who else am I? Uh, I well, it. the Braves do win. Okay, so the Braves do win. But but other than the Braves, eh, yeah, Stetson's the man. No doubt. Huh. I wonder if Buck Baloo's jealous. Well, I, of Stetson Bennett the fourth, Mr. Ranch dressing.
3: Buck had a long run as the only guy. Yeah, he might be a little jealous in the sense of he goes, "Well, if I'd had Kirby Smart, I'd have won multiple titles, right?"
2: But yeah, Vince Dooley underachieved at Georgia. But had, that's another discussion. He for another had day. it.
3: He had it for a long time. He did. But he's so Herschel is. He's in Herschel's shadow, no doubt. Maybe, maybe Stetson could take the Jason Campbell approach and just come back to Georgia and be Mr. Georgia. Jason Campbell's doing that at Auburn now. Well, he's joining us
2: next. Jason Campbell from Taylorsville, Mississippi, Auburn, NFL QB. Coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Mud Bugs opens this afternoon and open through Sunday.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Yeah.
1: The Out bound Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses
2: at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Great place to watch the NFL Draft this weekend is the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge, Full Bar, Serve food. An award winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club with the azaleas and the oaks. DancingRabbitGolf.com. Great place to watch the NFL draft starting tomorrow night, first round of the draft, all the way through Saturday, the way they break it up now. Blake and I were there last year. We were in Las Vegas for the draft, had an absolute blast. It's wilder than you think. Like you see it on TV. And you get that people are having a good time. It's got kind of a Mardi Gras feel. And and the fans' fandom is nuts. And people are wearing jerseys and all this kind of crazy stuff. Well, Blake and I were lucky to go to Vegas last year for the draft. And it was way, way wilder and bigger than even you see on, on TV. So now it'll be in Kansas City this year. You're listening out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We want to welcome in Jason Campbell from Taylorsville, Mississippi to Auburn to the NFL and now uh, Auburn football radio color analyst and Jason Campbell joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Jason, good morning. How are you?
4: Hey, good morning, Bo. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Can't complain.
2: Well, thank you for joining us. Where are you right now?
4: As I'm in Atlanta right now. Um, okay. just uh, This is where our home base is. Uh, my wife and I, um, parents still live in Mississippi and Hattiesburg. My sister's still there. But my brother and I, we're here and uh, and everything. So I'm kind of back and forth between here and Auburn uh, doing work. There's a lot of reason why I'm here, <laughs> just to make travel a little bit easier on ourselves.
2: That's great. When did you – all right, so Stan White, was a former Auburn QB, I think I've got this right. You correct me if I'm wrong. Stan White was the color analyst, and now you're taking over for him? Is that right, Jason?
4: Correct, correct. Yeah, Stan was the uh, color analyst for the last 22 seasons. Um, We kind of joke around sometimes and say it's kind of like a quarterback's job. Uh, because before him, there was a quarterback. And then Pat Sullivan did it for a few years as well. He was a quarterback at Auburn. So it's kind of like passing under the torch. Um, I started working with the Auburn radio probably 2000. It's been about six years now. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the pregame for three hours. And I would do the half halftime analysis uh, on the radio as well, breaking down the first half and telling what, what we should be looking for in the second half. Now you know they come to me towards the end of last season, ask me would I step into that position uh, to be the next color analyst uh, beside Andy Burchin uh, for calling the games on Saturdays. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, it's a great opportunity, it's a great platform, and um, and just you know enjoy it, enjoy it every day. Man, that is
2: so cool! Congratulations. I know uh, I know you're excited about that. And there's only so many of those in the SEC. Fourteen of them. And so you've got one of them at Auburn. That's that's great. Um, I I gotta ask you. You uh, you, I think you just mentioned your brother Larry, who uh, played at Mississippi State. And great. did it come down to? We had a listener. Did it come down to Mississippi State in Auburn, or was there another team when you were coming out of Taylorsville, Jason?
4: Well, it was tough. Yeah, it was tough for me. I remember coming out. You know, being from Mississippi and. Like I said, my family's there. It was a tough decision. I know Eli was at Ole Miss at the time, so I wasn't going to go there. Uh, just because of simple fact, it didn't make sense you know, to have to profile quarterbacks. And then Mississippi State, my brother was there. And I had been going to their games, you know, ever since I was you know, pretty much a freshman in high school. And I remember, you know, 1998 when they went to the SEC championship game, they played against Tennessee. And uh, we was there and they had the heartbreaking loss. But I remember building a relationship with Coach Shera when I was young, and but the thing was, I kind of wanted to write my own my own way. Sure. And I remember, you know, like I look, I enjoyed Mississippi State, I enjoyed going to the games and everything, but a part of me just wanted to just kind of like venture out a little bit and and write my own way and 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 everything and my sister and Southern Miss. You know, of course, it was close to home as well, but I always wanted to play in the SEC. Once I thought going to those games on Saturday and being around that environment and seeing the intensity and seeing the the, the high-level of football, and, you know, it just brings chills to your arms. And uh, on a Saturday in the SEC, so I knew I wanted to stay in the SEC. So, so for me, it came down, you know, right there at the end between Auburn and LSU and in uh, Georgia and everything because I told Jackie Coach Cheryl. Uh, right before that, you know, probably about two months before making my decision. The reason I was going to go ahead and move on and then, and narrow it down. So I can go ahead and make the the final decision for me.
2: Okay. Well, I think it worked out, uh, y'all were undefeated in 2004. You had a heck of a career and, uh, you and Tuberville and Cadillac and Ronnie and that defense, um, had it rolling. He is Jason Campbell, a phenomenal player at Taylorsville, Auburn and in the NFL. Now with the Auburn Radio Network, color analyst, uh, taking Stan White's place. And he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Are you, uh, are you close to Ronnie Brown and Cadillac?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely close. So, Ronnie's kids, my guy kids, and uh, Cadillac, we're still in a great relationship. And we talk pretty much every week. We're all on a group test together. Uh, it's about 20 of us that play together at Auburn. And we all on there. We talk about each other's families. We encourage each other and what we're doing. And uh, like I said, being down there on campus as the associate head coach, uh, running backs coach, I see him a lot as well. Then me and Ronnie, we live 20 minutes apart here in Atlanta. Okay. So, you know, we, we definitely, in College Rogers, our other draft pick that year, we had four first round draft picks in 0-4 he lives about 15 minutes from us as well. So, you know, we all play golf sometimes together and, and still uh, try to be around the university and help and support uh, as much as we can. But, um, but yeah, we definitely have a close family tight unit that, that played together at Auburn. Our relationships are still just as deep 20 years later. That's awesome.
2: When, when Cadillac Williams took over as the head coach, were you texting him on which place to call? Oh
4: man, he was, uh, he like, you know, he said, Jason, uh, I might need you to come down as offense coordinator. Have it. <laughs> you know, when all that was going down, because everybody was on the team, was getting was getting fired. Um, so, but when he stepped in, he did such a phenomenal job. He did. Uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud of him. All of the players that played with him at Auburn from 2000 to 2004 came back to that first game ahead had at home. At Texas A&M, because his first head coaching job was on the road at Mississippi State, and my wife and I we went to that game, and then the next week was the home game, and at home it was a sold-out crowd of eighty-six thousand people for two, three, and six teams, and it wasn't because, and it it was only because of the fact that one of their own that played was a legend at Auburn trying to put the Auburn spirit back into the football program, trying to get the support back where it needs to be and get us back to playing the way we know how to play Auburn football. And I think he lit a fire back into our fan base and he lit a fire back into our into our program to get things going back in the right direction. And if you was there at that home game, you would have saw so many former players in that locker room before the game and after the game congratulating him on his first victory as a head coach at Auburn. And uh, and that was a big, big deal for us as well because he was the first minority head coach, even in the interim role, to win a game at Auburn University. And it happened to be one of the guys that I played with for four years at Auburn.
2: That's so awesome. I have to tell you this. I, it was so much fun watching him and the way he handled everything, Jason. And has he always been that powerful of a public speaker motivational speaker
4: I think that has grown throughout the years cuz Lex always played with his played with his heart on his sleeve you know when he played when he played running back he ran so hard and you know he was always that tenacious running back but he's become more of a vocal leader i think throughout the years since he's been involved in coaching and now he's doing speaking events. He's going, you know, all over the country doing speaking engagements and different things. And I think people got a chance to see him in a different light uh, during that situation um, when Coach Harson was let go. And and the one thing about one thing about him is, man, he's a team player. and He's a team coach, mm-hmm. and he cares about all his players. He cares about the guys around him. He's not a me guy anything like that he hasn't ever been. And, and that showed, and it showed to the Auburn family. And I told him, I said, man, the, the hardest thing about this, I said, which is the good thing about this is, I said, it's getting a job, but then being released, and you have an opportunity to step in in a critical moment because it raised your coaching level. Sure. And then it, it raised your – everything that you are about is now got put out forefront. So I said, so, you know, sometimes – things, the hardship come, but then the gift is right behind it. And I think for him, that's exactly what happened.
2: He's so captivating when he's talking, you know, I, you feel, Sorry. here's what, cause I had never really, I mean, look, I watched y'all play uh, in college and in the NFL, even when y'all went your, your separate ways, but I'd never really heard Cadillac Williams, you know, speak. And so when he took, a, I was at that game in Starkville, like you, I went to Mississippi State and, and I was there and, and y'all almost came back and it was a wild game, as you remember, hey, Jason. You? And and then that next week, you're right, A&M, two, two win teams or whatever it was. But I listened to him every week the rest of the season because he was great during the week and pregame, postgame because he's so captivating. Um, and just passionate about you know War Eagle and Auburn Nation. It was. I know you had to be impressed as a close friend of his.
4: Oh yeah, I was definitely I was impressed. Like his wife and my wife are really really close friends, and you know they they talk, and she wanted her beside her the entire time because it was a stressful time as, as well. Because sure. let's be, any time that you were a former athlete or especially a great athlete. You know, people just think things are automatically just going to happen, you know. So they thought once he got the job, that we would just blow it out the water. And, you know, that's the expectations of, of, of fans because they don't know sometimes. And uh, the thing is, like, he did such a phenomenal job as getting these guys to play and to serve each other. Um yeah, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, sometimes I think that gets lost in the NIL space. It gets lost in the in the transfer portal where guys were as close as we were when we came through because we was there four years together. Mm-hmm. So we went through all our times together where now, you know, sometimes when a kid hit a wall, first thing they do is look to the portal. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you know, they're looking at NIL and looking at what this guy's making over here and, what, and they're comparing, and they miss the joy of the game and the joy of where they're at, because they're comparing all the time. So they're never settled, they're never happy, they're never committed. And that's what he was trying to get back to this team, this guys. You got to focus where your feet is planted. You got to stop looking at all this other stuff, but be where your feet are, and and start to serve each other, and work with each other, and and start to build each other up. And then that's when victory start to happen. And that's when I think those guys end you know, up finishing the season out strong from a mental standpoint that carried over to recruiting to where we're at right now. So you know, one thing I was concerned about with him was was he's gonna last throughout four quarters of the game because <laughs> the guy he burns so much energy he before did. the game and then on the sideline he's out running everybody up and down the sideline and then he works people don't know this. He works out before the game. And then he sends us a text message of him walking for 30 minutes, hiking on a treadmill before the game. So this is before he even gets to the stadium. I was like, I don't know where all this energy comes from. (laughs) So I said, we're going to need to get you some IVs at halftime.
2: Oh, man. Jason Campbell joining us on the Out of Bounds show. SEC Player of the Year and MVP of the SEC Championship game. Uh, He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line talking about his good friend Cadillac Williams, who did an amazing job for Auburn. And Smartly was retained by uh, by Coach Freeze, and he's now the associate head coach. Uh, so, let's switch gears to the draft. This is going to be a special weekend for so many young men. And you were a first-round pick for the Washington, now Commanders, and the Redskins then, now the Commanders. And where were you, Jason, on draft day?
4: Yeah, that was a uh, that was a real week, I tell you. Uh, being able to be a part of that, you know, where you work so hard as a kid and then you grow up and now you see that your dream actually becoming a reality, um, you know, was and it's so close. And I just remember that week. Ronnie went to the he went on up to to the draft. You know, everyone else we kind of stayed back with our families and everything, and and I just remember I, I was in Auburn where i was staying at and uh, my parents came up all my closest friends from high school taylorsville and mississippi came up and my coaches from auburn that was there coach borges and a couple of the other guys and all my receivers that played at auburn was all at the house that i was staying at the time and i remember you know the draft day i remember running getting drafted and then soon after that got drafted then carlos got drafted and they all you know, I called them to congratulate every last one of them. And then they was like, hey, you're next, you're soon. And then I remember when I got the call and then they called me and to congratulate me as well. But I just remember that day I was sitting there and it can be a little intense because you never really settle until everything is just done. You know, someone could sure. say, hey, we're going to draft you here, but you don't really know until it actually happens. And I'm going to tell you why. So that year, Coach Gibbs, they came down, they met with me twice and everything. And I remember they said, hey, you fit our system for what he did back in the 80s with the skins and, you know, the deep balls he used to throw and everything. And, And that's what he wanted to get back to. So I remember him coming and we were interviewing really great. And, you know, and things were coming. He was like, hey, if you're there at 25, we're taking you. And I knew there was a team there at 21 that had been calling as well. And I was just like, all right, Jay, don't anticipate anything. You just kind of just, you know, just let it settle. So around by 21, I left the house and kind of like went to a different room and left everybody. I kind of snuck out. So while everybody else was there, I was on the phone with them. And then once I hung up, I just kind of waited. And then once the, my pick got to the 25th, immediately my phone rang. And he's like, hey, we got our guy. You know, you're our guy. It was Coach Gibbs. And they were excited. And we were excited. And. I remember hearing everybody in the other room just yelling and screaming and going crazy. And they were looking for me. Nobody knew where I was because so I snuck out. And <laughs> <laughs> so I immediately went back into the room and everyone was hugging me and congratulating me. And immediately my mom and dad, you know, my dad coached in Mississippi for over 30 some years in high school ball. And I remember just hugging him and, and having an emotional time. My mom and Coach Borges was there. And then everyone kind of shows a photo. That I have at the house would be sitting on the back porch, at the time talking on the phone, and my mom and dad standing beside me. My mom got her hands all over her face, crying. My dad smiling, and Coach Borges, you know, his hand on my shoulder, uh, smiling as well. And that's just a day that I won't forget because it reminded me of all the people that have helped me along the way was there, and and to be able to to share that moment with them and not just me by myself would be able to share it with the people that has been there for me meant so much. But then also to enjoy that day because the next day, it was all business. Right, you know, you're on the fly, you're getting ready for rookie mini camps and all that stuff. So, you know, it's a quick second that you get to enjoy. But I was also at a draft party last year with a kid and his family, and the kid got called like four or five times saying they were going to take him. And when those picks came, they did not take that kid. And I had to sit there with his family and stuff, and I called the kid in the room, and I tried to talk to him to encourage him and say, look, no matter where you're drafted at, even if you're undrafted, it doesn't define your worth. I was just like, just always remember this is a business. It's not about your talent. It's, it's about what they need the time, and it's a business. And uh, try to lift his spirits, because I've seen the other side of it as well, with the pressure put on this kid and things didn't happen the way that they thought it was going to happen.
2: All right, talk about that. You walked into Washington as the as the first round pick at quarterback. How, you obviously you've got a really good family support system, and so on. But you know how was that transition? That pressure because I mean that's a big big football market, and your mm-hmm. QB one. What was that like?
4: Right. Yeah, thing for me was I went to Washington. and They had Mark Brunell there, and Mark was really well in bringing me in and kind of showing me the ropes and teaching me, you know, how to be a pro, uh, how to adjust to, to different things in life, how to adjust to, you know, being able to make finances for yourself, but then how to adjust to being a QB in a, in a big season like DC. And uh so that was really good for me to have a veteran that was already had been in the league for over 10 years Uh for me to kind of learn and tutors after um, and, and everything. And the thing and the biggest thing is you're going to at that time was the toughest division in football. You know, at that time Giants were good, Eagles were good, Cowboys were good, and Washington was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like it is now where it's kinda of like lopsided, but it's kinda of getting back to being a really great division. But it was it was solid those years. And uh, and it was a lot to try to have to live up to because you're you're going to a fan base that's just so destined to want to get back to the Super Bowl. You know, it had been what at that time, maybe 15, 16 years right. or something, they have been to a Super Bowl. So everything was always about Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, to, to the point that our owner and everything, he felt like you could pretty much just kind of, you know, I can just plug people in here and there, you know, instead of like letting guys develop and letting the team develop and drafting young guys together so they can develop. So that was different because I was a, though I was a very young player on a very veteran football team. I Mm -hmm. got there with a lot of guys, eight, nine years. And I was like one of the young bucks. So it was hard because you really wasn't grooming with someone around your age. Everyone was way older than you were.
2: Hi, Jason Campbell. This has been great. Uh, I I have to ask you, I think there was some crossover with you and Smoot. We have Smoot on all the time. I think he came back from the Vikings and you were the starter by then. Um, what was it like, because we know how much he likes to talk, what was it like oh, to have
4: Fred Smoot in the locker room? Oh, man, a talk of town. Uh, Fred Smoot. Uh, I, I tell you what, this guy never, never, ever lets you have a dull moment. I remember my very first game I started in Tampa. And we get to Tampa. You know, you're a little nervous. You know, it's my first game starting in the pros. And we go out for a walkthrough. Game, you know, how you just kind of go out on the field, you're walking through. So, next thing I know, there's some draws on this stick. I'm like, why is he holding draws on the stick in the smoot? And I come in and he followed me and holding my holding draws up behind me in the locker room, talking about hey, guys, here's our fearless Lear, he got some whitey tidies, to everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's like, He's like, got some whitest patties. We're going to take a donation to buy this man some real draws. He's oh. <laughs> holding around the locker room. And uh, I was just like, really, smooth, really like I, – I guess he was trying to, like, calm me or whatever, but it was a funny moment. But smooth always was the reality of our football team. Yeah. And when you get on the bus, Bo, you better be dressed clean because he would always stand beside the bus and say – who has a casket suit on. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so that was his thing. He said about it, taking notes. And then he would give out an award at the end of the year, which was ripped for an ugly man award, you know, a lookalike award, and a casket suit award. That was just like, and it was hilarious. The man had his own comedy show. So he he definitely made the football team a lot of fun and uh he's still talking to this day so he never stops no
2: he's doing washington dc sports and you are right you just you just nailed it hey jason campbell congratulations on everything uh thanks so much for hanging out with us um today and excited for uh for you and cadillac in the group and uh going forward with auburn football we appreciate it buddy i appreciate it thank you guys thanks for having me jason campbell Taylorsville, Mississippi, to Auburn, to the NFL. Now, Auburn football radio color analyst. He'll take Stan White's place after 22 years in the booth. Thanks for listening to the show today. Tomorrow is uh, first round of the NFL draft. And Mississippi State at Tennessee in baseball. If you missed anything, go to Apple Podcasts. Search Out of Bounds with Bowbounds. Bounds. Lunch today brought to you by Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue in Madison and Brandon. B3, baby. See you tomorrow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered
1: chumbacasino.com
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.